0: This podcast is for reference purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. You should always obtain legal advice about your specific circumstances. Hey, is this thing on? Welcome to Maddox on the Mic, a legal podcast presented by Maddox, an independent Australian law firm. Hello and welcome to Maddox on the Mic. You're listening to season two of Watchdog where we'll be discussing the ACCC's leading cases for 2022 and considering how well they've performed against their current year priorities. My name is Sean Temby. I'm a partner in the dispute resolution and litigation team here at Maddox, specialising in competition and consumer law. I'm also the editor of our annual publication, the ACCC Year in Review. Joining me today for our episode on digital platforms and privacy, our Maddox partner, Sonia Sharma, and lawyer, Tara Danishkoti. Sonia is a privacy data and cyber law specialist, and collaborating on cutting edge projects for some of Australia's biggest companies, such as Aristocrat, Domain, and the first to market One Bill app. Tara is a lawyer in the Sydney technology team here at Maddox, with a keen interest in privacy law, having advised both private and public sector clients, including the ACCC. Welcome to the show, Sonia and Tara.
1: Thanks, Sean, for having us, or having us back. It's great to be here.
0: I can't believe a whole year has gone by, but uh, it's great to have you on the podcast.
1: And so Obviously, much happened be... in that year too, Sean.
0: I know, I know. <laughs> um, I want to kick straight off and talk about um, some of the work the ACCC has been doing in connection with digital platforms, focusing initially on enforcement. I mean, we've really seen the ACCC come out swinging um, litigation against a number of major tech companies, Uh, but the ones I'm most interested in talking about are actions against Google. Um, Now, I know in August, uh, the federal court ordered Google to pay over 60 million Australian dollars in penalties for making misleading representations to consumers. And I know you and Tara are quite passionate about these decisions uh, and the way that they impact our clients. So why don't we delve into them? Tell us what exactly went down.
1: <laughs> oh, Sean, it's, it's a really good question. And they are such interesting decisions with some really big impacts. But basically, the two cases against Google, the first one with that massive fine involved location data. And with this case, that was really about the ACCC having an issue with Google failing to give consumers a choice around how they use their location data. And basically what the ACCC was saying is that if Google had been clear and transparent about that, then consumers might have made a different choice around um, their decisions. So it's quite interesting because location data is not classified as sensitive information under the Privacy Act. It's also sort of separately regulated under surveillance laws where you sort of do need consent in New South Wales for tracking. But it's a case that illustrates that location data is really seen as something special And you need to be really clear around what you're doing with it and giving consumers that choice about how it's being used. And and we've spoken about this in previous podcasts, but that saying about don't be creepy, I think, is really relevant here. The other other action, uh, which is sort of still on foot, is interesting, too, because that's really around Google not being transparent about, combining data that it collected and they were sort of using it for targeted advertising. Uh, So in that case, Google did try and notify individuals about what it was doing, but the ACCC's issue is that they weren't clear enough. They didn't obtain sort of explicit informed consent and their privacy policy said something entirely different that they wouldn't be combining that data. So, I mean, if we look at those two things or those two Google cases together, The theme we're really seeing, which has really come out of that digital platform inquiry, is that it's so important that companies need to be really clear about what they're doing with data and in particular cases where there's sort of a secondary use or sensitive kind of data being used, giving consumers a clear choice around how the information's handled.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's so many aspects to these two decisions that are interesting to me as a competition and consumer lawyer you've got the ACCC wading into the area of uh, consumer data and privacy um, because all of a sudden our data has, has this real kind of value and consumer benefit attached to it, whereas previously it had been the, um, you know, the area for the privacy commissioner and, and it hadn't really been considered to be something the ACCC would take an interest in.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: The, and the other thing is just around that, you know, you talk about transparency and you talk about providing clear messages. And, you know, Google has been found, um, you know, or at least the ACCC is considered on twice in relation to these decisions, the way in which they provided disclosure and explanations to consumers were found lacking. So these cases are really interesting. What sort of impact um, have the the decisions have uh, had in the marketplace or with your clients?
1: I mean, it's such an interesting question, um, Sean. And I think, the decisions had the landscape has just changed so dramatically over the past eighteen months or so, and as you sort of mentioned, this space is already regulated by the Privacy Act and and the and the OAIC, which is the Privacy Commissioner. And some of the things which Google was doing were probably a pass mm-hmm. under. And Tara, would you agree with that? Like, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting because
2: Google might have thought they were complying with the requirements under the Privacy Act, but we're still finding that obviously the HCCC found that they were, were breaching consumer laws. It's really complicated because you've sort of got two to three regulators that might be governing a company's
1: practice. So it's very complicated for clients to navigate and understand the obligations. It is. And I think what we're seeing is that something that might have been a pass 18 months ago, because Google did, you know, explain in some way what it was trying to do in its collection notices.
2: And, and that just that under um, Australian Privacy Principle 5, um, an entity is required to take reasonable steps to notify individuals about that. So Google might have thought they were complying with that Exactly,
1: complying with that requirement or, or complying with certain requirements around digital advertising, which is regulated under a separate privacy principle. So what we're sort of seeing is that there's this sort of emerging space where you're trying to navigate the these latest decisions from the ACCC the privacy act the spam act which regulates the sending of sms and um, and uh, email and then the do not call register act which regulates telemarketing calls so once upon a time a particular practice might have you know fit within the legislative landscape of those regimes but we have the ACCC coming on top of that and these laws really run concurrently, so you have to now be in a position to go, okay, what laws do I have to comply with when I'm dealing with my customers' data and really rethinking what impact do these decisions from the ACCC have because it's applying, in a way, a higher test than is necessarily under these other laws which regulate digital marketing so the space has changed dramatically and we say to clients okay you're doing this you have potentially three different regulators Mm. looking at what you're doing so we've got to get this right or we've got to get it in a position it's it's complex
2: it is and I think I think just taking that extra step back and looking at the overall practice is this misleading despite complying with the requirements under the spam act or the privacy act could this still be found to be in breach the ACL is a is a tough question because it's so complicated.
0: Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's interesting to me as someone who practices in the area of kind of consumer protection, you see when the ACCC announces its enforcement priorities each year and they move into a heavily regulated industry. You know, we saw it with aged care. We saw it with um, with health insurance, where these sectors are very focused on, uh, you know, complying with industry specific regulation and they forget the overlay that the Australian consumer law has. And I've had numerous meetings with clients, and I'm sure you you are doing the same with your clients, where they're saying, "But we comply with all of the stuff that is directed at us. How can we not? Of course. How can that be misleading and deceptive? How can that, you know, fall foul of the Australian consumer law?"
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we've got clients who are saying, "Oh no, but we, you know, look at our privacy policy and buried in this line here, or our collection notice. We we did tell them that we want to yeah. do this, all and it's like, no, but." The, the landscape's changed. The ACCC is really taking this consumer focus and consumer choice, pro-choice, pro-consumer approach, which says, you know, if you're going to use the data for something secondary, a different use to the sort of primary purpose, particularly if it's got to do with marketing um, or that, that more sensitive data. And, and yeah. I think Gene has got to on that case Personal location data is sensitive and important to some consumers and some of those users, you know, would have made a different choice. And, and, and I think you've got to take those, you can't ignore that um, those decisions now. So we're really drilling down with our clients on what they want to do and, and sort of unpacking these decisions so that they're able to launch products that, are, 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 you know, are going to be in those swim lanes at the ACCC setting. And I yeah. think that aligns also with the sort of broader government objectives happening at
2: the moment, the consumer data right regime being a big one of that, with mm. the HBC being a co-regulated with the OAAC in that space. And the whole point of that regime is to give consumers control over access to their information. So choice, transparency, they're really key objectives sort of from the HCC more broadly. Mm, that's right.
0: Absolutely. Well, I mean, when you think about what the, the Act is designed to do, the Australian Consumer Law is designed to do in terms of enhancing consumer welfare and, you know, strongly mm. believes in transparency and openness and, and consumers being well-informed so they can make the best decisions for themselves. But, I mean, that's complex, you know, and the risks for clients, you know, clearly given the changes you've talked about over the last 18 months, you know, how are you managing those risks? How are you helping clients?
1: It's, it's a It's a great question Sean and something that Tara and I absolutely love to do because what the way we're really helping clients is by taking a privacy by design approach which is something that Tara and I have been banging on about for the last sort of several years (laughs) but now now we're sort of seeing it really come to fruition and what do we mean by that? So well, a sixty
0: million dollar <laughs> penalty from uh, it's been applied. That's going to sharpen your client's attention,
1: right? Oh, absolutely. But it's great that clients are sort of really seeing the value of it. And so, what we mean by privacy by design is thinking about the the way data is used from the very embryonic stages of a project. So, whether a client's launching a new um, application or a new technology or service. We're looking at the data flows at the very start and building in those privacy controls at the very start. And it's not about a tick-the-box exercise at the end. Mm -hmm. And so Tara and I have worked on a number of projects where we're spending a lot of time with clients, and that might be the marketing team or the development team, on the actual design and like the initial project phase of um, a particular technology Mm -hmm. or service. Mm And so Tara will be sitting there with the going, like trying to unpack exactly the customer journey, the customer journey and 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 user
2: experience. User experience, the the structure of whatever offering they're trying to roll out as well. Um, And what we've also done that's been really helpful in identifying these risks and embedding these privacy controls is conducting privacy impact assessments. That then gives the client and us the ability to identify any potential privacy risks. Including considering the potential risks under ACL. Yeah, absolutely. And then make sure that we are mitigating appropriately, mitigating those risks and putting in controls from early on, rather than a rather right the end tick box exercise. Yeah.
1: And, and, and so, shall I, so what that you know what does that look like in practice? I mean, often it's Tara and I sitting, you know, sitting with the client and you know going through that user experience. We talk about the UX or the user experience and and being in the 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 seat of the consumer and stepping through the technology going, okay, what am I giving here? What pop-up box do I get there? How do I explain in, like, you know, clear terms what I'm agreeing to? um, And and then also I think it helps us unpack what the client is actually doing with
2: the data so you can say, okay, so on this page you're collecting this information. What are you actually looking to do with that data? Who are you going to be sharing that with? How are you going to be handling it now and also down the track, future use cases? Are you wanting to sell yeah. that data off? What, do you yeah. need, what controls do you need to put in now to make sure you're, you're mitigating any potential risk down the track? Yeah.
0: It's, a, it's such things. a long way. It's <laughs> such a long way from the old click and forget kind of approach with those long forms that no one would ever read. And mm. um, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's much more embedded, as you say, and much more. it's all, uh, Getting involved sooner rather than later, I can see how that would really deliver value for clients.
1: And
2: that aligns with the Google decision as well, Sean. So one of the, the Google decisions, the, the, the previous chairman, Rod Sims, made a statement about how he expects that short clear statements are provided to consumers um, in really simple terms about what's happening with their data. So we're able to help make sure that they're, they're including that in their various customer journeys.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's important too because when you look at the Google decision, um, it, it can only it can be a small but significant number of consumers who are misled, and that's sufficient for them, you know, to have been found to have breached the act and attract attract that sixty million dollar fine. Mm, yeah. um, now, I want to go. I want to throw back um, because you mentioned at the start of the podcast um, one of my favorite sayings that you use, which is "Don't be creepy," um, which I think is such a great <laughs> rule for businesses. I mean, generally, but certainly in relation to to consumer data. Um, can you, for the listeners, can you give some practical examples of, of how that rule, you know, might play out and how, how it's being applied?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think one of the problems is, is that, you know, these days organisations are collecting so much data. So if we go back to that location data example, it's, it's a really good one. So some of our clients might need to collect location data for some kind of, you know, just say a regulatory pers- purpose. They're required to collect it for a legal purpose, you um, and then it's there within the organisation and all of a sudden the marketing t- team stumbles across it and goes, oh, look, we've got this location data.
2: A gold mine. <laughs> a gold mine.
1: How awesome would it be if we can target the consumer as they're walking past that shop and send them an SMS about a particular offer? Wouldn't it be great if we could also use the data for that purpose? And if I worked in marketing, hey, that sounds like a great idea. Mm-hmm. But that's what we call classic scope creep it was collected for one purpose and now you want to use it for another purpose if you just put yourself in those shoes you're a consumer you're walking through Westfield and all of a sudden you get a text message as you walk past a particular shop um, you're likely to be surprised by that unless you had sort of given your clear opt-in consent to say yes you know what I'm really happy for my location data to be used to send me offers. That um, I might be
2: interested Yeah, in that show. I
1: might be interested in. But I think to sort of get that text message without any context or without sort of giving that opt-in, you'd be pretty creeped out. And so I think that's a really good uh, high-level stress test that we we apply. We obviously give the legal advice. We obviously step <laughs> yeah. through it quite clearly. But what's but the vibe? Does what's it feel creepy? Yeah, and I think it is helpful for us to unpack that with the client too because it um it often gets us to a, a good position around, well, what should this look like for the consumer?
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's funny you, you mentioned how would you feel about getting a targeted advertisement. I, I'm, I think I'm one of the weird people who actually prefer that. You yeah. know, send me something I might actually want rather yeah. than uh, you send me a whole lot of um, untapped <laughs> I'm never going to buy. Um, so, yeah. I mean, is there a trade-off, you know, I mean, obviously that sort of consumer engagement with advertising is so valuable, but is there is there a trade-off then between that kind of consumer engagement and the people like me who do want to receive these ads um, and legal compliance?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's such a, I mean, I think this is what I love so much about this work because it's so, it's so complicated and we can see the value. I'm the same as you, Sean. I don't, I quite like things where they're personalised and they're targeted towards me. Um, I, I'm quite a, but i am also quite an easily influenced consumer as well. Um, so I really do appreciate the consumer laws. But I think there is, what we're seeing is a sort of a, there's a big trade off when it comes to digital marketing. Often, the most compliant approach uh, even if we unpack the requirements of say the spam act as well where that clear opt in tick box consent yes send me that the, the send me the newsletter or send me the sms is yeah. considered is considered best practice generally in marketing terms there's a lower engagement because someone's got to actually tick that box and say yes um, so often the most compliant approach or best practice approach might deliver you know less engagement when it comes to more, more friction potentially in the customer journey yeah, more friction in the yeah. customer journey and less opting in so yeah. often what we're doing with the client is really navigating that like navigating well how do we legally comply how do we maximize the customer journey because some clients are willing to take you know more of a risk, a risk to sort of get that consumer engagement. But um, what we're trying to do is create an end product where wherever we land on that you know, journey of compliance that we're trying to be open and transparent and that we have got those arguments. Mm. Should the ACCC come after us? Should the um, com- the OAIC or ACMA come yeah. after us? That we have got a good defendable position on you know, how did we arrive at this customer journey?
0: Yeah, I mean, the good thing in all of that is that the clients are now asking the right questions, they're having conversations about these issues um, and they're thinking about how um, they can use that information to, to design a product that meets both their uh, consumer engagement um, outcomes but also walks on the right side of the legal compliance line. I mean, it's, and it's, that's difficult. You know, obviously there's, we talked earlier about all those overlapping levels of regulation. The, mm. Do you have a view on what's going to happen? You know, where are we going with this? Because the digital platforms inquiry is ongoing. I think the ACCC is due to uh, produce, I think, almost their penultimate report. Um, to the government soon and uh, the hot tip as I understand it and I'm interested in your view is that there is going to be more regulation in this space where where are we going where's it all heading
1: yeah I mean I think that's a really great question Sean because it has been you know it's quite it's been quite murky we've seen um a, a bit of a people are a little bit confused around what they should be doing but I think that's exactly what we can see and Tara will have some views on this as well but I think what we can expect to see are new rules and clearer swim lanes when it comes to what's expected around digital marketing. Tara would you agree with that? Yeah
2: that's it so currently the Privacy Act is under review by the Australian government so this review has been going on for a few years and off the back of the ACCC's previous digital platforms inquiry. So after that initial sort of inquiry, a lot of recommendations came out. So we've got this ongoing privacy act review. We've also got this, um, this online privacy bill, which is seeking to increase potential maximum penalties that could be imposed by the OAIC. So there's a lot of movement in this space um, and what we're hoping for is sort of clearer and more um, consistent. Consistent, yeah, consistent rules about regulation and handling of personal information, including location data, including device information like yeah. IP addresses, yeah. which you see are commonly used in digital marketing, um, and about what is required for um, informed, explicit, specific, separate consents that will hopefully yeah. meet the requirements under both the Privacy Act and the, the ACL, as well as other laws that might regulate the handling the information such as the spam act um because as we've said it's it's quite a bit of a jigsaw puzzle at the moment trying to navigate all the different obligations
0: yeah well because we kind of had this piecemeal approach to the um, protection of privacy and protecting people from unsolicited marketing and Mm. Kind of like, kind of whack-a-mole dealing with problems Mm. rather Mm. than something broad and over um, overarching that kind of brings all this together. So it'd be interesting to see whether that comes out of the either the Privacy Act review or the Digital Platforms report.
1: Um, Yeah, absolutely.
0: What do you guys think our clients should be doing now to you know respond to these decisions? These good you know, the the two Google decisions in particular. Um, but also possible regulatory change? What, what's your company's been doing now?
1: Oh, I love this question because Tara and I are all for, like, proactive management of these issues rather than, you know, putting out fires. I, I love – I think this is the way to go when it comes to managing privacy risks or data risks in general is that you've got to have a really good understanding yeah. of the data which you hold, right, and, the, and yeah. the tech that you're using. And the reality is, you know, think technology – moves so much faster than the law. So what we like, what we really recommend clients to do is it's a really good time to take stock and do a 360 review of how you're using your data, um, how how you're collecting your information, what are you currently using it for, what's your strategic map, roadmap, what do you want to use it for, mapping all of that out, looking at your current collection notices, consents, the user experience, the privacy policy, what are, you, what are you currently doing? Does anything need to change given these particular Google decisions that have come out and really focusing on, you know, the location data issue and direct marketing as a, as a key focus? But what we're encouraging clients to do, and we're doing a lot of this actually, Sean, it's really great work and it's really good to see clients take this proactive approach a holistic 360 review, a stop and let's sense check what are we currently doing, yeah. having really deep understandings of those data holdings so that when those changes come into play and when the consent requirements mm-hmm. change, you're able, you're you're going to be in a market position where you're able to execute and be prepared for those regulatory changes ahead of your competitors. If yeah. you haven't mapped it out, how are you going to how are you, gonna you know what's going to change how are you going to be prepared for the new laws so yeah, yeah
2: and i think i'd also just add I, what Sonia and i are always advising at privacy is not a set and forget exercise no. and so this this sort of review and this stock take of how you're handling data what you're collecting etc needs to happen at regular intervals so you can make sure off the back of these google decisions that your documents also reflect your processes yeah. and your handling practices so for example your privacy policy accurately describes what you're collecting and how you're using it, who you're going to disclose it to, because you can see that the ACCC is really focused on whatever documents and notices and consents you're providing to consumers accurately reflect what's going on, what you're actually doing, what your business is doing.
1: Yeah. And we
0: would really
2: love to help yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, and one other thing as well is that Sonia and I are really, really passionate about embedding a culture of privacy awareness. Yeah. And so when, when the marketing team is, for example, doing a new project, They think at early stages, hey, we should get legal involved to help us make sure that we're um, complying with all our various obligations,
1: legal obligations. And and I think that's the shift too, Sean, is like where legal is able to be the facilitator rather than the police and the roadblocker. We're like, well, okay, tell us about what's the strategic objective with this, Mm. what what do we want to achieve with this? Um, Let's work out how to to achieve that rather than sort of roadblocking but just working through those complex issues.
0: Yeah, well, as I always say, you're better off spending 10, 20, 50 grand up front rather than half a million to a million in litigation. So... Or even
2: 60 million down the track. Exactly. Of the it's a no brainer.
0: It's a no brainer. All right. Well, thank you very much, guys, for your contribution. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to myself uh, or to Sonia or Tara. Our details are in the show notes. Uh, if you like this episode, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks very much. Thanks for tuning in to Maddox on the mic. Don't miss an episode of the show. Head to Maddox.com.au forward slash podcast to subscribe. If you'd like more information on any of the topics discussed in today's episode, visit the Maddox website, Maddox.com.au.